Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I'm Alexander Rossi. And I am James Hinchcliffe. Last time I checked, but... It's been a while. You still you, you still sound like him. Okay. Um, which is, uh, you know, unfortunate for all of us, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take what we can get. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, welcome back, guys, to the now bi-weekly show of off track with Hinch and Rossi. Um, it's bi-weekly really because Tim just, you know, isn't efficient with his time management. And, I mean, uh, I feel like I'm the busiest of all of us. <laughs> I feel like the, you'll all understand that the move to a bi-weekly show is largely to cut the amount of time that Alex and I have to spend with Tim in half. Oh, I know. I, I mean, that what, makes sense. What, I get what that. Tim doesn't know is that actually, uh, James and I have another, podcast called on track with hinch and rossi that doesn't feature tim and it's going to be running um, you know pretty much every day james and i like to just hang out with each other but um. i would subscribe to that yeah yeah, yeah, no, it's a much better show largely because you're not on it no i get it uh, you guys you got me you sold me on it um but no honestly guys it's uh you know james and i are professional racing drivers it's our full-time job and we want to to spend the most amount of time creating content and creating a show um, that we're proud of and hopefully will entertain you and keep you interested in coming back for more. So that's the true reason as to why we're going bi-weekly, um, but also a little bit because we don't like them that much. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I didn't realize that other stuff you said. You didn't tell me that part. I thought we were just purely doing this because of them. Either way, either way is fine. We're still going to be pumping out great shows. We hope you guys still like what we're doing and, uh, and subscribe and listen often and tell your friends and, and all that jazz. So, um, with that being said, uh, James, where, where are you at right now? So I'm, I'm in the beautiful, uh, beautiful city of Indianapolis. We are about to head to the season finale in Sonoma, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, and it's funny. Everyone's like, oh, you so your season's almost done. Like you're heading to the off season. You get to relax a little bit. Um, no, I have three appearances in the four days immediately following the race. So <laughs> this is not necessarily, uh, the, the term off season is actually like very misleading. I find, don't you think so? Hundred um, percent. Out of curiosity, is one of your appearances uh, Scott Dixon's movie premiere? Sadly, no. I'm out of town for another appearance in Toronto, and I'm going to miss. Gonna miss Born yes, Racer. I'm going to miss it. I'm kind of hoping that he has like a bootleg copy or like a director's cut that he can just send me to watch because I'm very upset about the fact I'm going to miss this. All right, Alex, where are you in the world right now? <laughs> uh, I'm in San Francisco, um, just outside of Sonoma. Beautiful day. Um, we're testing actually tomorrow, um, which is a little bit of a, a weird thing. This is two weekends in a row now where we've had an extra test day um, leading into the race weekend. So well, you, you, you get a, you, I, I don't get to do that. That's, that's only for um, like cool uh, people. First of, all, first of all, you've already done it, okay? 
And second of all, don't you dare complain to me about how we get more testing than you, considering you got like 25 days between October and January before anyone else had a car. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We did. And that still yeah. puts us so. net 134 days down <laughs> on what Andretti Autosports had since 2012. But yeah, who's counting? Who's counting? <laughs> well, it sounds like this is all a little raw. <laughs> Well, guys, nobody let's, asked uh, you, Tim. Let's let's get into let's get into the season stuff. Let's let's talk about the season. But before we get to that, hey guys, Alex and I are here to talk to you about the Dollar Shave Club again. Let's go. Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to get ready in the morning, leaving you feeling, looking, and smelling your absolute best. You name it: shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, and even wipes. We all love our wipes, and all of Dollar Shave Club's products are made with top-shelf ingredients that won't break the budget. You'll be able to feel the difference. Plus, shipping is included with your membership. And here's a great way to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products. For just 5 bucks. you can get their Daily Essentials Starter Set. It comes with Body Cleanser, One Wipe Charlie's, their amazing butt wipes, their world-famous shave butter, and their best razor, the Six Blade Executive. Keep the blades coming for a few more bucks a month and add in shampoo, toothpaste, those One Wipe Charlie's James loves, and check it all out on dollarshaveclub.com slash offtrack. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash offtrack. James, do you know something that's been really, really annoying me lately? Um, oh, wait, are we doing another grind my gears? Is it is we it are. is it is it Scott Dixon going off on the first lap of Portland and still managing to come back and finish fifth? <laughs> still finish ahead of me after his drive through penalty? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> after his drive through penalty when you were like leading I mean, the race. It doesn't even annoy me because that just makes sense. Yeah, I know. It, it's true. It's just one of those things you just kind of accept like, oh, yeah, no, that's 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 how Scott Dixon's day would, would unfold. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. Um, but, yeah, no, it was. it's not that. Um, it's something actually that is a little bit personal, re- okay. personally related to you. Oh, okay. I know that first world problems are still problems. You literally said last week how much this pissed you off. The most frustrating thing. All right. Jeez, let's move yeah. on. I'm glad that's over. Here's, Here's what, what grinds, grinds my gears. So, your fiance. The lovely Becky Dalton. Um, I've met her. Well, um, she she has this habit, and it's actually a self-admitted habit. Um, actually, it used to be on her Instagram until apparently she got called out on it because she's so bad at it. Oh, but I know where this is going. she openly apologizes <laughs> for... Posting pictures on social media, yet not responding to people's tweets. <laughs> that is the that worst. That really annoys me. Not, not, not Becky in particular, because, you know, she's wonderful and the best. But, like, just people in general, right? Like, Yeah. Now, yeah. yeah. this is an interesting... You have your phone in your hand all day. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, this. I mean, it's this. It's dangerous territory going off on uh, grinds my gears when you know spouses are involved because I feel like we could go on all day. Just kidding, babe. I love you. But I see. Okay. So here's the thing. Right. Here's the thing. What I will admit is that uh, she is famous for not replying to text messages. Right. And what where I give her credit in this is at least she was owning it. You know, like it was up there front and center like don't feel bad if i didn't reply to your texts because i probably didn't reply to anybody's texts 
Does that no, make it better? But see, That's still that doesn't pretty bad. work because no, 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 no. Because it's like you can't open a conversation with no offense, but I think your hair sucks. I mean, like, you that can. It's mean, in the Geneva Convention. Just because you say no offense, no. Just because you say no offense doesn't mean you're allowed to say whatever you want. I feel like I feel like owning it makes it better. Though. At least you're self-aware. Like, there's nothing worse than somebody that has some like really bad habit, but is completely oblivious to it and doesn't and like just don't think they're doing anything wrong. I know. I disagree. Because if they're oblivious to it, then you can almost forgive it. It's like, they, look, they they don't know that they do this. They're well-intentioned, but they're ignorant. If they know they do it and keep doing it, how is that better? Okay, fair point, but. In this scenario, and this is actually a conversation I've had with somebody else. Um, I mean, full disclosure, I don't follow Becky on Instagram, so I don't. <laughs> Same. She didn't. You're not missing. She much. didn't make the cut, you know. <laughs> um, but no, okay. So this is this is a point that somebody brought up to me uh, a little while ago, and I think there's actually some merit to it. Just because somebody sends you a text. That does not mean you are required to reply to them. There is no law that says because someone reached out to you, you must reach back out to them. You know, like if your phone rings and you don't answer the call, are you a jerk because you just like just because you didn't want to answer the call? Is this the one area that your their Canadian politeness doesn't apply? No, I do it. I respond to every <laughs> every text. I can't. I cannot. It like drives me nuts. Uh, but I'm just, but the, the guy brought up an interesting point because he's like he's this crotchety old English man and he's like I don't want to reply to that text and like don't keep texting me I'll, I'll I'll get around to it when I feel like it and continuing to text me or calling me out for not texting is not going to get me to reply to your message I'm like yeah it's actually a fair point here's a question I have for you guys have you ever I don't understand why you're talking <laughs> have you ever been like in the process okay. of ignoring somebody's text and you haven't responded yet so you decide not to post something on social to keep up the illusion like it's like ah, it's 10 o'clock I could presumably be in bed better not update my insta story because I don't want to deal with this right now man that's oh, no that's thinking way too that's <laughs> way that's like inception stuff there I'm not I'm not I mean, all clearly about that you have no I've not I haven't done that in day uh, sorry, Marco. <laughs> the the awkward thing I find this so here's the issue, and and I'm not trust me, I I'm I'm pretty bad at, at responding to messages, but um, the issue is like when someone messages you, and you've got like three of the gray messages right because you haven't responded to a couple of them, and then you actually need something. Yeah. <laughs> then. Then you look like a horrible person. Even though you're not trying to be ill-intentioned, it really sucks. So I am guilty of actually having a conversation with someone for like 24 hours to then be able to ask a favor. Can I can I recommend something? Have what? you considered switching the medium? So like if you've ignored three texts and you need something from somebody, find them on like Facebook Messenger and send them a message instead. No, because we're grown-ups. I mean, I mean that's Adults. like that's like you blocking that's like you blocking your ex on all forms of social media, and then you know she hits you up on your eBay. <laughs> like yeah, like you can you can do it the other way around, but you can't go from like the most sophisticated of the of the typing mediums to the like you could maybe send an email. You know, maybe you could get around it that way. It's still cheeky, but, you know, I like your creativity. But Facebook Messenger, grow <laughs> up. Okay, so let me take this one step further. Is it oh, okay I love it. to not respond to someone when they come up to you in person? 
just because you don't want to. Because I deal with that all the time. Well, that's actually fair. So, like, Alex, I think I know what you're talking about because I've seen you on the grid and, like, it's right before the race and you're trying to, like, talk strategy with your, your crew chief or whoever it is and people will come up to you and ask for a photo. And it's like, yeah, you want to you want to like, be with the fans, but it's also, like, you need to talk to your people before you get in your car. Oh, no, this isn't this isn't necessarily racing related. Oh, you just mean in general. Okay, then you're just an I'm asshole. just... Yeah. No, no, no. It's called... the. I'm not a social person. The other like huge example of that is like anytime Thim comes up to either one of us in person. Yeah, no, Fair. I get that. You guys usually can outrun me. I'm not that fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that that one's a bit trickier, Alex. Because um, I think when you've got some sort of written correspondence, there's some kind of plausible deniability. Because you could be like, oh yeah, I read your text, but you know, I was in the middle of something and then I forgot you can't really say that you forgot the guy said hello when he's standing in front of you, you know, unless, anticipating a unless response. Unless you're like, uh, no hable English. Yeah, again, yeah, um, if he's ever met you that or has seen you on TV or follows you on social media, or hears your uh, pronunciation possible of things. words. <laughs> 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 All right. I think that's been a good that's been a good grinds my gears. Well, there hasn't been much conclusion, but okay, yeah. I'm still upset about the way that Becky doesn't respond to, you know, messages. Should we should we just should we leave this grinds my gears on red and then go update our Insta story? (laughs) (laughs) Hey everybody, producer Thim here with a podcast recommendation. If you like off track, you'll love the weekly driver. Bruce Aldrich and James Rea share an enthusiasm for new and vintage cars in the automotive industry. Bruce, who has restored a 1959 Volkswagen Bug he inherited from his father, is a professional photographer and videographer. James is the author of a syndicated weekly automotive column and has published the website, theweeklydriver.com, since 2004. As co-hosts of the Weekly Driver podcast, Bruce and James interview industry leaders, car owners, and discuss current events. Listen to the Weekly Driver podcast on all major podcast platforms as well as on www.theweeklydriver.com. So, as we mentioned, uh, we are heading into the season finale of the 2018 Verizon IndyCar Series year, which is crazy. It's crazy to think we're already at Sonoma. Uh, Time flies when you're having a blast, I guess. Um, And Alex, you are in a pretty... uh, Pretty exceptional position, young man. You have had a hell of a year. You have had, what, three wins? Yes. And probably a couple that that snuck away, but a handful of other podiums. Uh, and you find yourself as the uh, the closest man to the four-time champ, Scott Dixon, heading in to the season finale with a very real, very legitimate shot at taking your first IndyCar championship. Uh, I guess I'll start with at St. Pete this year. Before the race started, did you think that this was a position you'd be in, you know, five months later? Um, probably, okay, realistically, no. I mean, obviously, as you know, as, as, a, as a competitor and as, um, you know, a highly motivated individual, you, you go into every race, every day, every year, every week, whatever, um, with the intention of, of winning and, and being the best and, and all of that jazz, but at the end of the day, you know, your own human realism sets in and, and 
and you know you think about okay it's it's year number three and it's a new car and you know Andretti Autosport as, as a team hasn't been you know the, the benchmark by any means um, throughout a whole season the, the past couple of years um, so no I, I didn't I didn't feel that that was necessarily a realistic thing despite it being the goal um, obviously from day one so yeah I mean it's been as you said it's been a, it's been a good year um, a lot of missed opportunities but I think that's kind of the, the name of the game man as you know you 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 lose a whole hell of a lot more than you win races and that's what that's what a lot of people I don't think realize is you know, what makes this sport so challenging. And I mean, you can obviously attest to this with, with the year that you had and, and the month of May that you had, but you know, it's in, in a stick and ball sport. I mean, you got a 50, 50 shot of winning. Right. And I mean, you know, even though there's odds and favorites and, and teams that are better than others, it's still a pretty good shot. You got every single time that you step onto a court or a field of, of winning for us, it's, it's what one in 20 to 33 people. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the biggest differences in motorsports to a lot of the, you know, traditional stick and ball games is, you know, there's a lot of teams that have a, you know, an over 500 year. There is literally no racing driver that's ever had a year at a pro level where he, you know, won more races than he lost kind of thing, or certainly over a career. Um, you know, maybe in Formula One, there's been uh, the odd season where a car has been dominant. You, know, you saw that. Right, right. So that's, you know, for us, it's almost like you have to win a championship every week. You know, you've got to beat every single competitor every single week. So it is it is very different. And uh, and you you've done that so far three times this year. You've had a win on a street course in Long Beach. You won on a road course uh, at Mid-Ohio and then obviously the Oval of Pocono um, going to a road course in Sonoma. You like you've, you've won it all basically the types of tracks that we run on. So your your chances are pretty good. Like it, there's no reason to think that this couldn't really go your way. I mean, you say that, but it's also Scott Dixon. So I mean, like, <laughs> here's the thing. And it's also Sonoma, which is like a famously fickle and difficult track to get a handle on. For sure, and 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 it's just what he's accomplished. And I mean, I'm gonna go into it and give it my best shot by by with everything I got. But do you realize that he's finished in the top five? In fifty percent of the races, he's yeah. I mean, I think he's been in the top three in the championship. It's some insane number. It's like eight of the last ten years or something. Like it's he, it's it's just out of control. So I mean, it's like yeah, great. We're we're within twenty nine points, and you know that's a that's a good shot at it. But like, I mean, it's Scott. I mean, we we saw what he did in 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 Portland, and for sure he got lucky. But also. It's, it's what has allowed him to win all of these titles. And I know we talk about Scott a lot, and it's hard not to. Because, you know, yeah, there, there was luck involved. But also, the, the level-headedness and the ability to just, you know, tick off the laps and to take the opportunities when you could and to still finish fifth. I mean, I feel like if I was in that position, um, it, it wouldn't have come out the same way. Yeah, I may have gotten a, a break and, and gotten back to eighth or ninth or something. But to finish in the top five after all that, I mean, that's... That's chaotic. That's pretty pretty crazy. No, it's it's what he does so well. I mean, damage control, you know, a, a bad weekend for Scott is still, you know, it's still a top five salvaged. And, you know, that's what makes him so consistent over a championship. But double points on the line. And it, it really it really comes down to this one. So it's uh, 
it's going to be exciting to watch for sure. Are you are you preparing any differently? Are you, you know, have you changed any of your routines or are you just kind of approaching it as any other day and just kind of getting yeah, on with the no, job? Absolutely not. I was on a boat yesterday chilling. So, um, it's, it's another, it's another race weekend. It's another, you know, Thursday leading into a Friday into qualifying on Saturday and you just try and go out there and drive as fast as possible. And hopefully you have a car that's good enough. And, you know, if we go out there and we win and, and um, that's really what we need to do. If you look at it from a point standpoint, um, then hopefully that'll be enough. And otherwise, uh, it won't, and it'll still be a good year. And we'll immediately start focusing on 2019, which um, is is exciting for all of us. I think IndyCar is is moving in a in a pretty cool direction with the addition of of Laguna Seca, Coda. I mean, let's talk about that for a second. Going into 2019 and, and going to Circuit of the Americas, that is. That is fantastic. That is probably one of the only good things about heading into the last race of the season is knowing that next season is then that much closer. And yeah, it's going to be great, man. I mean, you've you've done uh, probably more laps around Coda than anyone else in the uh, in the series right now. So I'll finally, have some sort of advantage going into the race. Yeah, no, it's going to be great, man. Laguna Seca, obviously one of the most iconic road courses in the state, so uh, in the world, really. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting year on the calendar. But we do have 2018 to wrap up first. We're heading to Sonoma this weekend, Alex. Um, I think on behalf of everybody uh, from off track with Hinch and Rossi, which just means them and I, and uh, all the listeners, we wish you the very best of luck, bud. We uh, can't wait to see how it plays out. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, we get some big prize money and we can, uh, you know, add to our our off season plans. We can brunner like bosses. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. Uh, to off track with Hinch and Rossi. Um, obviously, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to our boy Robbie Wickens. Uh, who is resting and rehabbing in Indy. Love you, bud. Thinking of you every day and, and can't wait to have you back. Thanks for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is askofftrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. And if for some twisted, deranged reason you'd want to follow Thim, you can find him at the Tim Durham. Off Track is very roughly produced by Tim Durham. The music you heard today is from Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. And you can call us and leave a message at 317 731 2372. If we like what you have to say, we'll mention it on the next show, so you better make it good. We can also be reached via email at ask at offtrackpod.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.